morning. Good morning. It's good to see everybody here. I'm glad you're here with us to celebrate Jesus together. That is the reason why we are here every Sunday, but this time of year, it's just so special as well. So thank you for coming, worshiping with us this morning. Thank you, those of you who are online also for streaming with us today, wherever you find yourself. We are glad that you are with us this morning. So this morning, we, uh, as we welcome the presence of the Lord, we thank God that he is with us and we celebrate him. Um, I just want to remind you also, uh, for your, when it comes to your offerings and your worship, uh, that's a part of our celebration as well with the Lord, and we thank you for all that you've done to give and to be consistent and to be faithful. Let's just open with a word of prayer as we begin today. God, thank you for this day. We thank you for this Christmas season, and we thank you, God, for the opportunity for us to come together and celebrate you, Lord. We don't take that for granted. We are thankful for this opportunity to be together as your body, as your people, uh, brothers and sisters in you, Jesus. And we pray, God, your great blessings upon this service. And I pray, God, this truly will be a great celebration for each of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh 
We're going to have Jerry and Julie Loring come up now, and they're going to do our and light our Advent candle this morning. The candle of joy, Luke two eight, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Let's stand together. We're going to worship Jesus. Merry Christmas to you guys. We're just days away. Is everybody ready? Yay, I'm ready. You know, we should be just as excited now about celebrating Jesus' birth because that was his first coming, and guess what? Part two is on its way. He's coming back. Are you excited? We should be so excited we can't contain ourselves. I'm so excited for him to return. So while we wait, we're just going to sing his praises and trust him, just like Mary and Joseph did. I'm sure that was a scary time for them. I can't imagine. I'm sure their worlds had been turned completely upside down at that time with the way that God chose to bring Jesus into the world and so much turmoil that was going on in the governments and things. Does that seem to be mirroring the same way today? It sure does. So we're excited about it. We've been worshiping this morning for a couple hours, so we're warmed up and ready to go with you guys. So let's just start worshiping Jesus.
Bring your drum this morning. Alicia was telling us this morning she saw this meme on Mary. And uh, the one thing that <laughs> this song says is that drummer boy came. The one thing he brought was a drum beaten on his drum to a sleeping baby. I wonder how Mary thought of that. <laughs> thought that was pretty good. Let's keep praising him.
anybody else that feels that in the body right now? During that time, it must have been miraculous. It was. And we get to sing about him and think about him so much. It's just beautiful to think of how God just laid it out brick by brick for him to arrive here.
God, we just, we don't take for granted this morning the great gift of Emmanuel, that you came through Jesus to be right here with us, God with us. We thank you, God, for all that you have done, not only today, but throughout the ages, to restore and redeem and to make a great way for a relationship me and every human around the world with you. Today, God, we, our hearts are over, overflowing with joy and, and gratefulness, and, and maybe some hearts here also maybe hurting and struggling, Lord, and this season might be a reminder of things that some might rather forget. God, we know that your grace is strong enough for those times as well. And so we ask, Lord, that regardless of where we find ourselves or what situation our heart is in this morning, Lord, meet us right at the point of our need. God, may this be a day where we, together, under your banner, which is love, may we, Lord, understand in a much fuller, richer, stronger way how amazing and how great and how powerful and how just you are. Thank you, God, for the privilege to be your people. I thank you. We are your church. And today we pray not only for us, but for churches around the world, for every human being around the world, God, that this season will be a season that's understood in its fullness. May every heart come to know you. We look forward, God, to that day where every knee will bow and every tongue confesses, Jesus, that you are Lord. And today we see and understand that that begins with us. And so today we lift our voices, our hearts, our minds to you. And we ask God to take your word, use it in a way that only you can through the power of your spirit in Jesus' name. And together we say... Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see you today. Glad you're with us. I want to go ahead and dismiss our kids also for, uh, for our kids, for our children's church. And, uh, and I wanted to remind you while they're being dismissed that this week, uh, of course, in case you didn't know, it's Christmas. And uh, we, we will be having on Christmas Eve a service here together. And so I just uh, would love to see you here on Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock. If you can't make it here, the great thing is, is you can be with us online. And so we would love to have you with us online. If you're watching online now, just mark it on your calendar, 6 o'clock. Uh, we will be having a candlelight service together 
uh, on Christmas Eve. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Well, as we begin today, I wanted to start and just kind of set the tone by helping us understand a little bit better about what Christmas is about with this video. What an amazing thing to know that God, the God of the universe, showed up for you and for me. And I want us to open our Bibles, and it will be up front for you as well, as you'll see on the screen, but to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And together there, we read the Christmas story, and it begins like this. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Those are powerful words. I mean, if you understand the context and history of what that means, this is, this is like saying, here, I'm about to give you the key, the key to life, to understanding what this is all about, what I've been doing for all of these years since a relationship has been severed way back after creation. Here's what, this is coming to the culmination of it all. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Son of David. It's very important that you hear those words, son of David, because it's understood throughout the ages that the Messiah would be in the line of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the, Lord, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Good news for the world. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. What an amazing way to save the world. Think about this for a moment. What an amazing way. What a great, great way to save the world. But who would have ever thought of this? Who would have ever thought that God, who is infinite, uh, beyond our understanding, limitless, all-powerful, and, and he would be coming in the package of a baby? Who would have ever thought? What an amazing God we serve. Emmanuel God uh, for all ages, the, the God who lives outside of time and space, the, the God who is beyond anything that we can imagine, suddenly <laughs> packaged in a baby, in a manger, in a little town called Bethlehem. Most of us have grown up understanding that we live in a world that is three-dimensional, uh, we, we understand that things are made up of height and width and breadth, and, and, uh, and as a matter of fact, that some of us, you know, we, if you like to play video games, I'm not really into that, but my kids enjoy that, and, and uh, my son-in-law, and, and uh, he, he brought one when he was Thanksgiving, and, and, and now, evidently, they have these things you can put on your eyes, and it makes you feel like you were actually there. And uh, I, I've never done that, but it uh, sounds pretty amazing, but it gives you the idea that actually you're in 3D when you're playing these games. We understand that that's the kind of world that we live in, a three-dimensional world. But some scientists and theologians believe there is another dimension where God and all things spiritual reside. Many of us will speak of this dimension um, in terms of like the spirit world or something along those lines. But I wonder if one of the biggest mistakes that we can make in the way that we think about God is thinking about him in just four-dimensional terms. I want to tell you, God is not four-dimensional. According to uh, string theorists, uh, there was a dimensional split right after creation, which is, uh, you know, it's very much in line with what we believe about creation. There was a split that happened, we understand, and it was this split, this chasm between God and, and mankind, but in the midst of what they are sharing, it says that they mean that they are saying that there's more dimensions that meet, that meet the eye, and they believe it took place right after creation. Physicists believe that in the possibility of the existence of at least 10 dimensions, which leads this astrophysicist by the name of Dr. Hugh Ross to, to argue that God is at least 11-dimensional. And I think about that, and this came across my desk this week, and I was just kind of chuckled to myself, I'm not taking anything away from their work and the profoundness of what they're doing, but I just, maybe in my simplicity, I just understand that I believe that the truth is, is God's not 11-dimensional either. God is actually limitless. He's beyond dimension. He's bigger than anything we can imagine 
or understand. Trying to put him in our box, however large we try to make the box, is still in a box. Amen? The only one who can determine how he will be packaged is God himself. I just say this, and I just open with this, just to say we all underestimate God. We all have underestimated, maybe still underestimate God. And when Paul is praying for the Ephesians in chapter 3, in that letter he writes these words. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I just want to ask you, just let that sink in for a moment. That there's words uh, that Paul prayed about understanding the height, the length, the depth, uh, to, to have this understanding of, of who God is. Paul prays that in God's power we can grasp the, in, in, excuse me, the infinite dimensions of God. There's infinite dimensions that surpass our human knowledge and are immeasurably more than our finite brains can imagine. I, I, I just think about that for a moment. It, it goes along with what was said by the prophet Isaiah when he told us, he said, you know what? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, declares the Lord, and as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I, I just want to give you just an idea of just the amazing, uh, miraculous, uh, beyond imagination scale of who our God is. An old hymn put it this way, could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies a parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. And the refrain goes, O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song we serve an amazing awesome beyond imagination god of more than we can ever imagine we have the privilege of being called his sons and his daughters isn't that amazing today uh, as we approach this holy celebration that is called christmas I am just wanting to say that even in our greatest moments, we still underestimate the greatness of God. 
And remember, as we celebrate the joy of Emmanuel, God with us, this God who is limitless and beyond dimension, that we are celebrating a God who downsized to be present in your heart and in mine. Think about that for a moment. I'm going to start with this understanding of Emmanuel, God with us. God is the transcendent, the almighty one. He is bigger than we could ever imagine. But yes, he is also Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and yet he is God omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. It's just, it's hard to imagine in putting those two terms together, but we have to come to terms with those two names. God transcendent and God with us. He's God most high, but he's God most nigh also. He exists outside of time and space. He is also Emmanuel, God with us. And he entered, God entered into our time 2,000 years ago in a tiny village called Bethlehem. In Galatians 4, verse 4, it tells us when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights as sons. Jesus was subject to the same spiritual laws that govern you and me. He was also subject to the same physical laws that govern the universe. It's just hard to believe because we, we understand, it's easy to understand God transcendent, God most high, but sometimes it's hard to understand God most nigh. But we underestimate, I believe, the humanness as well as the divinity of Jesus. I have these weird thoughts. I started to say sometimes, but most of the time, you might say. <laughs> and here's one of them. For the better part of 30 years, here, here was Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and he was a carpenter. And Scripture reveals this to us. And, and I just wonder if Jesus ever missed the nail and hit his thumb. I wonder if he ever got a splinter. I think he did. I think Jesus got bumps and bruises and toothaches and headaches. I think he got all the same things that we do. I think he get, got tired. I think he got hungry. I, I, I think he got sad. I think he got mad. I, I, he, in Hebrews 4.15, it says he was tempted just like we are. But he never gave in to temptation. It, it, it reminds us that he suffered like we do, yet he never sinned. It's amazing, our Lord Jesus. William Shakespeare said these words. He said, he jests at scars who never felt a wound. He jests at scars who never felt a wound. We don't serve, and I praise, I'm just so thankful to God, that we don't serve a scarless God. We serve a God who understands what we go through, who knows our hurts, who knows our infirmities, who understands our limits, and we serve a God who came right here to our gut level with us and understands what it's like to walk the earth. We serve a God with scarred hands and scarred feet 
and side and back. According to the prophet Isaiah, he would be scarred beyond recognition. I, I don't know if I'm doing a good enough job, but our God, he truly came to be with us, Emmanuel. He didn't pass by in a bubble and just wave <laughs> and stay separate, but in our midst. He didn't float above us just beyond our reach and our grasp. Instead, he came down and he looked at people like you and me and he said, uh, let me eat with you at your place. He came to our place to be with us. And I think of that and I think, you know, our Lord, all of this, this infinite understanding of who he is and he came to be with us and he downsized to even be in a manger, but even beyond that, to live in my heart. And you may have always thought that maybe downsizing was something that you came up with when you retired or, or when you decided you're going to move into a smaller home or that you're going to make a lifestyle choice that, uh, that you felt was best. But the one who did it first and the one who did it best of all was Jesus. In Philippians 2, verse 6, it says there that Jesus made himself nothing. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. This is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, God Almighty, who downsized, and not only that, not only downsized into a manger, but he came to be born to die for you and me so he could also live in our heart. He downsized into a dimension that you and I can understand. <laughs> he became touchable. He became approachable. God with skin on. <laughs> a little boy reached the time of the day, you know, that it was time for him to go to bed. And, and his mom and he and dad, they'd said their prayers and and mom was leaving out of the room last, and it, he was just dreading that moment where she turned off the light. It was the scariest time of day for him. He's this young boy. And so she went to turn off the light, and he said, Mom, can you just leave the light on? No, son, you need to get some sleep, and it's okay. But, Mom, I'm really, I'm really afraid. And, and, and she said, being a woman of faith, you know what? God's going to be with you through the night tonight, just like he was last night. And so the little boy looked at his mom and he said, but mama, I need God with skin on. <laughs> and sometimes we need God with skin on, don't we? The things that we go through in our life, the things that aren't easy, the things that, that just, just knock us down and just take, take our breath and take the wind out of our sails. And we've all been there where we say, God, I understand that you're going to take care of us. I understand that you are going to help us through, that you're right here with us. But today, I need God with skin on. And I want to proclaim to you that 2,000 years ago, God did exactly that for you and for me. Uh, we don't serve uh, a God that is untouchable and is uncaring. He's genuine, real, gut level, and therefore he came, Emmanuel, God with us. So think about this. The omnipresent one, 
downsized to the confines of a human womb. The omnipotent one became a helpless baby. It had to be fed and nursed and birthed. And, and the omniscient one had to learn reading, writing, arithmetic. He became nothing, as it says in Philippians 2. Why? He, came, he became nothing so that through him we could be something. It's all about trading our spaces. Second Corinthians 5.21, he says that, Paul says, he, knew, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. Think about that. In other words, Jesus makes us a deal that we can't refuse. He says to us, he says, give me all your sin, and guess what? I, in turn, am going to give you all of my righteousness. Give me all your sin. I'm going to give you all of my goodness. And one person put it like this. He said, he came to our place, he took our place, and he invites us back to his place. <laughs> the gospel in a nutshell. It's God with us who downsized to be here in our midst and then gives us the most amazing present of all, the presence of presence. The greatest gift that a parent that a mentor or a friend can give is the present of presence. I mean, for our kids, that's what they crave. I, I remember when my kids were just small and, and still just kind of, you know, they just grabbed me around my leg and, and hug on me. I mean, all they wanted to do was just be with me. Dad, can we do this? Dad, can we throw the ball? Dad, can we, can we have fun? Can we, can, we, can we play this game? Can we do this or do this or the other? And, man, giving our kids the presence of presence. It's so important. I, I haven't been perfect in that regards, but I will tell you this, I, I cherish the moments that I have with my kids, especially now. My oldest is married. Uh, my middle daughter, Faith, she's going to be married in May. And, uh, and I think to myself, man, I, I need to cherish those moments that we can be together. I thought after, you know, our last, I just kind of braced myself after uh, my oldest daughter's wedding in May. I thought, well, we'll probably never be together again, all of us together, all three of my kids, uh, for, you know, a holiday at one time. You know, it's probably one, per one of our kids is going to be going here or there or the other. And amazingly enough, the day before Thanksgiving this year, my oldest daughter said, hey, we're going to be there like four in the morning. <laughs> and, and I thought, what an amazing thing. We didn't expect that. Uh, one of my mentors... And, and nobody here knows him, but he was a district superintendent for years and years. And one of our largest districts and very well known, very well respected to this day. And, and he said to me in one of our meetings that we have, he said, Matt, he said, here's one thing I just want to tell you. One of my only regrets as I had been going through and had gone through all these years of successful, many ways successful ministry was not being present always for my kids, whether they were young or whether they were older. And, and he said, you know, he, he described, he said, you know, I, I just was, I was busy. I was moving up. I was doing things that were important within the church, but I never made it to any of my kids' games. I never was able to do the things that, you know, a father should do to be there with, with their kids. And, and he said, now they're grown and they're walked away from the church because they blame the church 
And they blame me for making the church more important than my family. He said, Matt, one of the greatest gifts you can give is the present of your presence. And he reminded me, if the whole region that we live in, because of your ministry or because of mine, if it, if it was saved and, and if they all gave their hearts to the Lord, but we lost our own kids, it would be one of the toughest things to deal with. And he said, I'm struggling with that. And he reminded me of the presence of presence. Wow. Folks, be there for each other. Be there for your family. Be there in the midst of the trials and the good times and be present. I had one of my biggest struggles and regrets even was my kids were going. Sometimes I was there, but I wasn't there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was thinking of all kinds of other different things. But here's the thing that I serve a heavenly father who is not only present with us, Physically, God with skin on, but he's been present with us right now. He's present today, right now with us. And when you pray to him, you have his undivided attention. And sometimes it may not feel like he's listening. Sometimes it may not feel like your prayers are getting above this ceiling, but I want you to know that when it seems that God is not at work, he is up to something, and it's always something good. For many years, for generations, Israel had been crying out, we need a Messiah, we need a Savior. And finally he came, and guess what? It happened in a way they never would have expected. But God came, he showed up, and I'm going to tell you that the same God that showed up 2,000 years ago is a God who shows up today. A.W. Tozer said that most Christians are theological Christians. He said they are attempting the impossible. They're trying to be happy without a sense of the presence of God through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I say how sad because the greatest gift that God gives is the presence of his presence with us. Jesus said, I will be with you always. And the God that I serve is no liar. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. The Holy Spirit is our 24-7 counselor. He is always on call. And sometimes before we act, we need to just take a step back and listen and maybe realize that God might be working in ways that we never even expected. Before you got up this morning and after you go to bed tonight, there is one interceding for you. Praise be to our God. Let me tell you about an eye-opening moment I had with my dad. It wasn't too long ago. It doesn't seem like yesterday, but really it was about 15 years ago. And my dad and I, I and my family, we, we all went on a little vacation together. And at the time, we were living about two hours from the Badlands in South Dakota. And I told him about our trip there before, and he says, I really want to see that. And so we both hitched up our campers and took off across Interstate 90, headed over to the Badlands. And we drive into 
that beautiful park, and I was trying to explain it to him, but you know, just words just can't express, and we, we head in, and, and he sees this view, and, and we had walkie-talkies, you know, that we were talking on, and, and he just was talking all the time, and it was, it was hard for me to even look, because I was trying to be trying, between trying to talk to my dad and keep my eyes on the road. He was just amazed at how beautiful it was. We finally got to our campground, and we pulled in and we got set up, you know, how, it, how you do and taking care of all those things. And, and we stood next to my truck afterwards and we began to talk. And he said, Matt, he said, this is just awesome. He said, I'm so glad I came. And, and he had been working with a group called RVers on a Mission or Rome. And, uh, and he said, uh, you know, I love what I'm doing there and I love what, doing this with you. He said, but here's the amazing thing maybe kind of sad thing. He said, I kept having this thought the whole time we were driving through this beautiful landscape as he said, I just wish that Wanda, is my mom's name, I wish that Wanda were here to enjoy this with me. She just died about a year before that. And he said, Matt, he said, at this point in my life, I have all the time and all the money in the world that I really need to go anywhere that I would like to go. He said, but here's the thing, Matt, if you don't have someone to share the experience with, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. And uh, since then, my dad's remarried. and He has someone to share his experiences with again. That's a beautiful thing. But I want you to know that even when you feel alone, even when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, or maybe you're going through those beautiful moments, and you're like, I, I, God is there experiencing them with you. He's given you the present of his presence. Isn't God good? <laughs> the best experiences, they're lacking when we experience them by themselves. But, but here's the thing. The greatest experiences are the ones that we share. And here's the deal that with that is we share life with God Almighty. Because of an event that took place 2,000 years ago when the Almighty One became Emmanuel, God with us. Maybe this is over obvious and it's probably too simple coming for me, but, but the Almighty One became God with us because He wants to be with us. Here's an amazing thought. God wants to spend eternity with you. I wake up some mornings and I think, I don't want to spend eternity with me. <laughs> but God wants to spend eternity with you. He never gets tired of you. He loves you. He spends his infinite power on building a relationship with you. Revelations 21. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. What an amazing God we serve. He came to our place, he took our place, and he invites us back to his place. What a great God we serve. Amen? Today,
I want to close with this song and I ask the worship team to come forward. And it's just a song to remind us how awesome our God is and how amazing it is that he chose to take our place, to come to us. And be Emmanuel, God with us today.
Our God, our Lord of Lords, and our King of Kings, we thank you, God, for leaving us the counselor, the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, this day for coming and downsizing, being God with us, living in our hearts, and giving us the power of your presence each and every day. For that, we say, hallelujah, thank you, praise you, Lord, together as your people. Lord, we can't sing enough, we can't say enough words that really matter to express how thankful we are for all that you are in us. We pray these things together, and your people who love you say, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are you glad you've been to church today? It's great to celebrate the reason for this season, our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to see you today. You're dismissed in his grace and in his love. If you'd like to talk with me, I'll be up here on the left if you need anything. God bless you. The skies don't seem to be as dark as usual. The stars seem brighter than they've been Deep within I feel my soul is stirring As though my hope has been restored The shepherds say they've heard the voice of angels Confirming rumors spread across the land That a child protected well from heritage our Father's Son and the Son of Man. Love is raining down on the world tonight. There
Let's pray. 